Hello everyone, I'm your host Caitlin, and welcome back to the One Tired Bitch Podcast, a place where we can all talk about the things that have been tiring us out. Hello everyone, welcome back. Um, You probably listened yesterday, or hopefully, to part one, so I just want to say welcome back to part two. You know, we're going to get into... A little bit more of things and and just see how how this goes we're gonna see where it takes us I don't really have a script that I'm following and I am kind of just talking based on what comes to my head and maybe that's obvious and I prefer that style because I feel like it kind of just lets things flow as it goes and although I don't have another person here with me having a conversation I feel like it feels more conversational by not having specific talking points eventually I would love to have like somebody to bounce um ideas back and forth off of so it's not just me talking to myself but a lot of the things that I talk about are things that I've either talked with other people before or have said in the past or just things that I'm really passionate about. Um, and I wanted to say a few things before we get into this. So at least for a little while, this is going to be like the last Mormon specific episode that I do um, just because this isn't like a Mormon podcast or like a Mormon um, topic podcast. There's a few out there that talk about um, things that like if you're still involved with the church and talk about things like that in a positive way. There's ones that talk about Mormon history. There's ones that talk about um, like post-Mormon life and everything like that. Um, So a few of those are Girls Camp podcasts, Mormon stories. So If you want to hear more about that on, you know, if that's your thing that you're most interested in, then you can do that. I know a lot of people were interested in me talking more about Mormon stuff, and I'm more than happy to because it's something that I grew up with, something that I'm very passionate about, um, just of like how it affected me and some of the things that go on there. It's something that I feel is an important thing to talk about and shouldn't be secretive and shouldn't be like it just shouldn't be treated like we can't talk about it um but because like this isn't a Mormon podcast and I want to talk about you know other issues going on in the world and I want to talk about how to kind of live your life or not like I'm not gonna tell you how to live your life but um just like living life and dealing with issues and and everything and I don't want to specify this to like a specific age or anything like that um but if you feel like you resonate with this if you feel like you love hearing about how I live my life and maybe how people around me live their lives um I'm not going to be using like names of people ever you know everybody's kind of just going to be specified as like a friend that I know because they don't want their personal life shared. Um, not that I've asked, but I'm assuming that not everybody wants every single detail shared. Um, but other than that, I want to get into this, you know, we'll kind of see where this takes us. 
we'll see if this episode is just as long as yesterday's or if we don't have as much to talk about. But it's still going to be a part two. We're still going to get into this and we're still going to discuss things. So going forward with that, you know, we left off yesterday and I was talking about how in all the different places I've lived, the culture is a little bit different and it gets a little bit more intense the closer you are in Utah. Um, and as I kind of like saw it, like thought in so I was originally going to record these like back to back, but then I actually had to head to work. I thought I had enough time, but I was like, oh, I'm going to be pressed for time if I continue recording. So I took a pause and then it actually gave me time to like sit and think about things more. And as I like saw, like thought about things more, I was thinking about how like, yeah, like the intensity of the culture and how much people like expect you to do certain things or how extreme they get with specific rules definitely intensifies the closer you get to Utah but I think about how there are a lot of things of how I grew up that are not normal and I just like it's so rooted in my brain that that's just like normal and that that's just like living in California versus living in Utah but a lot of it like is still related to like, the Mormon upbringing, and I felt like I had a lot of, like, outside things, like, outside people in my life that were outside of the church and getting information from people in, in that way, and so I didn't think that I was as, like, closed off or that I wasn't seen, like, that I was, like, I'm not wrapped into this, like, culture, like, I see these other things, and I see um, like, I'm different, like, I, I can, you know, I grew up in California, so I'm not wrapped up in Mormon being my whole life, um, which I think to some extent that was true, but I think to a lot of it, it was very much wrapped up in my life, and I didn't really know until I left, because one thing that you have to think about is, like, if you had to leave whatever it is, whether it's like religion or um, school, work, if you had to leave everything, if you had to like get up and leave that right now, would you lose everything? Like, would you lose friends, family, um, like housing? Would you just lose like everything in your life, right? And it's why, like, a lot of people are like, oh, like, you can be friends with people at work, but, like, they shouldn't be your only friends. Um, and to some extent, that's true, because it's kind of like, if you only have friends from work, a lot of times, things that you talk about are going to be work things, or maybe you can't say certain things, because what if it gets back um, to, like, work? And even if you can be super open and personal with them, what happens when you if you like leave your job or if you lose your job or if they leave their job or lose their job are are you going to then lose them as well because then not only are you losing a job but you're losing friends right so I bring this up because it's like I thought that I wasn't as wrapped up in the religion and that I even though I participated in a lot of the things that are involved in Mormon culture, 
that I just wasn't super wrapped up in it and that I was able to be a part of like regular society and do like the Mormon stuff as well. Um, and I realized this like after I left that like it was so much harder to leave the religion than it was to just stay in it because I was losing everything and ever since I left I have had to like kind of rebuild up my life. I've had to make new friends and I, I've had to like buy a new wardrobe because like these things I just aren't doing things for me anymore and I felt like I was kind of like on the outs with my job because a lot of people at my job were Mormon and so the minute that like I all of a sudden started changing it felt like I was being treated a little bit differently at work like I was no longer the same person anymore which is natural especially when I had been at the company for three years it's natural for you to change and grow as a person but I wasn't changing in the way that they thought that I was going to change um I also remember you know losing this aspect of like closeness with my family and I thought that I was going to lose them and I'm still in this rocky area so this whole difference between like I can be part of this Mormon culture and I can also be in the world it's a little bit difficult because another thing that's wrapped up in Mormon culture is political beliefs you know you may think that you are a lot more progressive and different but ultimately which is like how I thought that I was because I was like oh like yeah women should have rights and like we should be equal and all of this stuff like but then there's still like some of it that's just like in you because you can't agree with the church and also agree with like progressive beliefs and agree with things going on outside of the church and I bring this up because it's like although this doesn't seem as much like culturally it's all related and tied up together right because um, in California there's a lot more um, progressive people and people are a lot more open to things like smoking weed and having sex before you're married and wearing clothes that reveal more of your skin and um the lgbtq plus community and i'm sorry if i missed any of the the letters i am trying my best with everything um but like California in itself is a lot more open to those things and really positive about those things and so I felt like I grew up you know feeling positive about those things but then like recently I found an old journal of mine and I would write in it like one or two entries every single year and it was like a journal entry that I was writing to like my sibling like I was going to give them this book when I left for college which I didn't end up doing and I gave it to them recently as like a joke because I was like I don't even believe these things anymore that I wrote in here but a lot of them were like don't have sex until you're married and I want it to be with somebody special and it's okay if we're friends with gay people but like it's not okay 
and just all of these things that are so 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 like incredibly different than how I believe now and incredibly different than like how I truly really thought that I believed back then as well like I thought that I was more open to these things I had a lot of friends that were outside the church but then when I think back on memories I think about how much they talked about going to church and how much I would invite them to church things and I just feel this awful pit in my stomach about how I I didn't like I I know deep down that like there was a lot of things that I found wrong with it but I was so hell-bent on doing everything perfect and being a part of it that I was constantly just like forcing myself to do these things I was like okay well if if my friends are part of this and then that means it's okay like then they're gonna agree as well and this is gonna be okay and then if I'm like writing this journal about really positive things for my sibling then this is gonna be really good this is gonna be okay everything's gonna be okay and a lot of my thought process when I was growing up was like that so to think that it took me going from uh I guess quote-unquote more relaxed Mormon style culture where um yeah people weren't a fan of you wearing a bikini but they weren't gonna make this big show of it you know occasionally maybe they'll call somebody over and tell them that you shouldn't be wearing that and it's a little bit inappropriate but I've seen stuff in Utah where they'll make a big show and send somebody home and and it's like just outing people on stuff like that um and making it very obvious when people aren't following like the rules or whatever so I was just thinking about like all of the main differences with that and how I thought that I was so much different than everybody at church which like maybe I was internally maybe I was mentally thinking these things but outwardly I was portraying what the Mormon church wants you to portray because I was just trying to do my best and be the best that I could and I think that it's really sad that I never fully got to be myself I think there are aspects where I can look back in certain pictures of myself or certain books that I read where I was like it was like a little bit of like a glimmer of myself and I can look back at that now because I know who I am as a person now and I'm still finding a bit of myself but I can look back and I can see some of those aspects and it breaks my heart a little bit that I didn't get to fully experience all of that at a younger age because I think about all of the friends that I had outside of the church that I think that we could have been such great friends and could be friends now and I think about friends that were in the church that didn't really want to be there either and I kind of like didn't want to be friends with them because of that and it really hurts because it's like now all these people we have so many things in common and I am worried that I burned all these bridges and I hurt these people and it was never my intention I was just trying I was fighting for my life I was fighting to try to hold on to what I thought I needed to do because as I've stated in like a previous episode I felt like I had a choice between like being Mormon or 
my life was going to be over. You know, that's how things were presented to me. And even though I didn't believe in the Mormon stuff, everything that I had to do, like writing in journals and telling friends to come to church, talking about church all the time, like my life was so wrapped up in it that even if I wasn't that big of a fan of it, it's still all that I talked about and wrote about. And I couldn't even allow myself to think the things that weren't okay. You know, sometimes things would come out where I would be like, well, we shouldn't do these things or maybe we shouldn't judge people if they wear these kind of clothes. And then everybody would kind of look at me and I was like, okay, so moving on. Um, so yeah. And then in Utah, in Salt Lake City, it was a little, it was a little off. It was a little weird. I never got to know anybody. I cannot remember a single person from my ward in Salt Lake City that, that like went to church with me because they rotated in and out so often. Um, another thing that was really intense about being in Salt Lake City is despite the fact that it was like COVID, um, everybody was running around, still doing stuff, still meeting for church activities. They were still going on dates. And I remember going on a few dates and literally like I went on like one date with somebody. I had been with him for two hours and he had told me that he thought he could see himself marrying me. He's like, yeah, like, I could really see myself with you. And I was like, you've known me for two hours. And it's insane to me because I feel like in the culture of itself, because it's so drilled into everybody that they need to get married, but that they can't have sex, it's like the thought, like, people push themselves and they end up getting married sooner because they think that what they're feeling is this like love and desire to get married when a lot of times it could just be this like lust or sexual attraction and that's a lot of it that's built into it you know a lot of people would drive down to Las Vegas and get married for one night and then they'd have sex and then the next day they would go and get annulled or get a divorce like just because they didn't want to like technically break the rules and there's also a lot of things where there's a lot of like BYU specific things and I didn't go to BYU and I heard some of the things were true but obviously stories get twisted and so I'm not going to get into the things that I don't know are true but I remember visiting a friend once and I didn't go to school there but I remember visiting a friend once and I was wearing a tank top and it's against BYU rules to wear tank tops and they were like oh well we're gonna have to go tell somebody that you're wearing a tank top because this is against dress code and like we're gonna have to report you and I was like well I don't even go to school here so I don't know who you're reporting but I don't go to school here and they got really really mad about it and were telling me that they were gonna report me and it's just the thought that like they were trying to report me even though I didn't even go to school there and like even if you are friends with people, like, I wasn't even, like, outside of the church at that point. I was just, I was still going to church, but the thought that you couldn't even be friends with people that were outside of the church, because if you brought them onto campus, then if they're doing something bad, then it could end up making you lose your spot at BYU because you're hanging out with those people. Um, And for people who aren't aware, um, BYU makes you sign, like, a really strict code of conduct. And if you 
are caught breaking at any point, um, you will get kicked out of school. And people may think, oh, well, if you're not Mormon anymore, maybe just transfer schools. Well, the way that BYU credits work is most of them don't really transfer to any other school. Um, it's really crazy and it shouldn't be allowed, but most of them don't really credit, like transfer to other schools. And so basically, you'd have to restart at a new school. And a lot of people realize two, three years in that they don't want to be a part of the church anymore and they have to fake it for one to two more years until they graduate. Um, and it's not just faking it by like wearing appropriate clothes and not drinking and not having sex. It's like you have to be going to church every Sunday because your bishop has to sign off that you are following the rules. You have to be able to keep a temple recommend. Um, and I'm not going to get into the specifics of like the temple recommend right now, but like you have to be able to keep that up and they have to be signing off on this. Um, I'm not sure how often, um, I believe at least like once a month they're signing off that you're like following the rules. Um, but I could be wrong, but just the thought that like I was hanging out with my friend and they could have gotten in trouble because I was there wearing a tank top and it wasn't even their fault. Um, is crazy about the culture of things. I mean, they're not allowed to have like beards there and you like, it's just, so it was really crazy in Salt Lake. Um, because I, um, BYU isn't in Salt Lake, but I was like close to the BYU students. So a lot of times I would go and visit other friends that were at BYU. And I remember just like feeling really weird about things. Like I was at the point where I was like trying to date more people because I thought that I needed to like start looking at getting married, but like I also didn't want to. Like I did not I just I just really didn't want to get married and I was like I don't want to have kids. I don't want to get married and I want to finish my degree. This is what I'm focused on and I want to move to New York. That was always like my my dream and my thought and I was like, if I get married here, there's no way any of these people are going to want to move to New York because everybody I talked to was like, oh, I'm going to stay in Utah. I love Utah. I'm going to stay here. And then I'm going to have like at least five kids and I want to get married soon. And it was this really overwhelming feeling that everybody that looked at me was just kind of like, when, when is it your turn? When are you going to go? And I, I felt like I went on so many dates with so many people. Um, which I did because there's this Mormon dating app called Mutual and there were certain points where it would tell me that I had ran out of matches, um, <coughs> which means that, um, everybody, I either swiped yes or no on, like there was nobody left for me to swipe on and that I had, like, talked to all of them at least enough to figure out whether or not I was going on a date with them. And so I had that happen multiple times, depending on, like, how far I would extend my distance. Um, which at some points, like, I had it extended pretty far, like, 50 miles. And, and like, I, I went through it a lot, like, in St. George, Utah. Like, it would mo most of the time always tell me that I was out of matches. Um just because, like, I was trying to date Mormon people, but 
I just never felt like any of them were what I needed or what was right. So, which like makes sense because none of them were presenting a life that I wanted. And so doing that and being there and swiping through all of them, when none of it felt right, it was because none of it was right. And I just couldn't understand that it was the Mormon stuff and not the people because I was thinking like I gotta keep fighting for church and being a part of this even though it's not telling me anything that I want to do I mean um, another part of things is like when you go off like when you turn 18 they immediately put you in a singles ward so it's anybody from 18 to 30 which is a wide range um and it's in your area and it's anybody that's single from 18 to 30 and you're basically in that ward and all they teach you about every Sunday instead of just like talking about um like the religion aspects and about Jesus and about all of that stuff it was like all right so let's prepare everybody for marriage and technically, you can join a singles ward if you start college, um, like if you graduated high school and you're starting college. So I started at 17 because I like went away to college and I was 17. And so I started in this and I was 17. And like all I was being told was like, let's prepare for marriage. And I'm not sure how it is with singles wards outside of Utah, but at least in Utah, that was like the only message that I was receiving. So it often meant a lot of times that I wasn't interested in going to church or like the church activities, like I said, because it would just be kind of ways for them to like want you to meet people. Um, another aspect that was very different for me was like in St. George, Utah, there was a temple and then there was also another one within 50 miles. And so people went to the temple quite often and in Bakersfield, California, it took us like three hours to get to the temple and it would be like a big thing that we would do like every few months, like the youth would all kind of get together and all go and drive up there as like a group. And it was more of like, like I, I have some really bad memories from it, but they made it more of a fun experience because you'd get to go with all your friends and then we'd go eat food after. Um, we'd all like go get in and out right after and it was more of a fun experience because you were kind of there and being silly with your friends uh, versus in Utah it was like people were going multiple times a week and if you haven't already gotten endowed then all you're doing is like baptisms for the dead over and over again and it was never something that I super enjoyed especially just because I get really anxious and so having this random stranger dunk you under the water multiple times like your full body under the water multiple times in a row it's really stressful and like I said I had one of the bad experiences growing up and I know a few people who were probably at this trip they may or may not remember um, if they're listening but on one of the trips I you know we were doing baptisms that's like youth and one of you know like the the men would dunk you or the young men they were, you had to be 16, would dunk you under the the water and pull you back up. And he would do multiple in a row. But you have to do everything specifically correct, 
or you have to redo it. And when it was my turn to go and get dunked, the 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 like young man doing it um, couldn't lift me back up out of the water, and so he was constantly like dunking me under, and then couldn't lift me back up. And if he couldn't lift me back up, I was like trying to pull myself back out of the water correctly, but then it would like ruin the way that things were going. So then we'd have to restart again, and I felt like I was getting like drowned or like waterboarded or something like it was very stressful for me and eventually it's also really embarrassing because imagine being like a young a young woman or a young girl like I was a girl I was young and like this boy couldn't lift me up and it feels really embarrassing because it's like oh my goodness am I like fat am I too big he can't even lift me in the water um And they eventually had to switch out who was dunking me and made me redo all of them. Well, first they made me get out of the water and go change into my regular clothes. And then they like made me change back into the clothes that you do for the dunking and made me go back out there and do it again, which was embarrassing. And to have to go through that again. And so like ever since like kind of that time, I wasn't super interested in going all of the time and so yeah it wasn't always the best experience for me so of course when like everybody in utah is going to the temple all the time and they're doing all these trips i was finding every way to kind of like get out of it i only went a couple times and then after like i got endowed once like, well, you get endowed once, and then you, like, go and do it for other people, but I literally only went once, and that was the very last time that I ever went to the temple, because, um, right after I did it, COVID happened, and the temple shut down, which I had such, like, a sigh of relief, because I did not want to go back. Um, But it was very much a thing. Like, people would be like, for date night tonight, we're going to go to the temple. Like, that's so weird. You're going to go to the temple. That is not a date. You guys don't even get to hang out with each other. Um, It was also a big thing for, like, dates. A big part of, like, the culture in Utah was, like, going on dates all the time, right? And dates were really weird because you really couldn't stay out that late because well you couldn't have them over at your place late and then you couldn't stay out super late and then specifically in St. George, Utah basically everything closed at like 10 p.m. which like seems like that's kind of late but when even Walmart closes at like 10 p.m. so you're kind of just like it's like 10 p.m. and you're like, oh, do you want to go get like a soda? Because, you know, no coffee, um, nothing like that. So, or no alcohol either. And so you're like, okay. And then you drive to the soda place and they're closed because <laughs> they closed at 7 p.m. And you're like, okay, so what do we do now? They're like, I guess we can sit in the car and talk. And then you would just sit in the car and talk and occasionally they'd want to like make out with you and it's just like really awkward and you feel like you're in high school 
even though I never did that stuff in high school, it just felt like, like a repeat of high school because like, or like, like I was in high school. Like I, I wasn't repeating it because I didn't do it in high school, but it felt very high school because I was like, okay, we're all adults now. We all have places where our parents don't live. Why are we doing this in a car? Like, why are we driving around as if we're going to like get in trouble if we go home and we watch a movie? Um, and that was all very weird. And I also remember a big thing with like the culture when I left the church and I wasn't really sure when I was ready to drink alcohol. It was really scary because you grew up being told it was so scary and awful and that it was going to do really bad things to you. And so I still have a really hard time with it now. Um, I occasionally have like a drink or a couple sips of something and I'm trying to try new things, but it's still really scary because I have this like fear that um, something really bad's going to happen if I just like let loose and <laughs> not even really let loose, but have like a few drinks. Um, and so I get really scared of that and it's not something that I want to shame other people for. I'm just really scared and so I get really nervous about those things. And, um, and so I remember I like went out with a guy or like I went on a date with a guy and he's like, let's go get a drink somewhere. I was like, where? Because St. George, Utah had one bar that I was aware of. Um, it was called the one and only. Now, eventually they did open up another bar-ish place. Like it was more of like a restaurant that served some, it was like a bar they also served alcohol. I don't know. I don't know the situation. So there were two bars in, or there were three bars in St. George, Utah. And I was like, I was like, okay, so we'll go. And I went on two different dates with two different people at bars. And it was awkward because like I wouldn't order alcohol. Because first of all, I didn't know what to order. And second of all, like, I just felt really weird about it. I was like, okay, the first time I'm drinking is definitely not going to be on a date with a random man that I do not know. Second of all, I drove to this place because that's how you get everywhere. Um, and so that culture was really weird about it because it was also like, my, I remember my mom being like, okay, well, if you want to try alcohol, like, why don't you get some of these, like, fun little drinks, and you can try them at home, um, when you know that, like, you're going to be safe, you can have friends over, whatever, um, but in order to get alcohol, you had to go to, like, a liquor store specifically, you couldn't just go to, like, Walmart and get, like, a thing of beers or, like, the hard lemonades, um, they didn't sell them there, and so you'd have to, like, go to a liquor store and I was like, I can't. I can't do that. I was like, I'm not going to go into a liquor store by myself and buy alcohol because I don't even know what I'm doing. And still to this day, I have not bought alcohol for myself. Um, I've been into liquor stores now, but I've always been with somebody that has picked something out and bought it for us. Um, so that aspect of the culture of like very, very against alcohol to the point where, like, in Utah, there's not even really anywhere to get alcohol, um, which is really, 
really overwhelming and difficult to deal with. Um, also, like, the difference between, like, a lot of Mormon dates I went on were day dates. We'd go on, like, hikes, which I absolutely hated because I feel like a hike is one of the worst dates. Unless you're just somebody that loves the outdoors, I feel like a hike, especially for a first date, it's really awkward because you want to try to look nice and you maybe if you're not as athletic then it's kind of just like embarrassing and also it can be really scary if you're one-on-one with this person out in the wilderness um but there wasn't tons of things to do so a lot of people were taking me on hikes and i just hated it because then i at the end i get really sweaty really easily so i would be like dripping sweat drenched in sweat and these people are like so was that fun? And I'm like, no, that was not fun at all. I do not want to do that again. Um, please take me home. Um, and and then when I started dating people that weren't Mormon, um, we were trying to find things to do. But a lot of the times it ended up just being like, okay, so you want to like watch a movie at each other's apartments? Because everywhere else it just like was very filled with Mormon people. And, like, axe axe throwing was a big thing. And um, it would be, it was really hard to date in Utah after after not being Mormon. Because you'd be on a date and it would feel like everybody's looking at you like, Oh, are you on a date with, like, um, this Mormon guy? Whatever. And, like, people are trying to figure out what aspect you are. People are always trying to, like, like at what aspect you are in, like, in the date and how long you guys have been with each other. And it's really awkward because everybody knows that you're on a date because there's only so many places you can go. So then, like, the workers there are like, oh, you're on a date. Um, I don't know why I got into dating, but that's definitely part of the culture. Um, and I noticed a very big difference when I moved to New York and started dating. Um, it was just so much easier. There were so many more things to do here and there was so much less pressure because people would be like, oh, do you want to go get a drink? And then you could get a drink and then you could walk around. And I still wasn't like getting drinks out on dates, but I was, I could easily just get like a lemonade and then walk around New York with them and see different things. And then if we saw something we wanted to do, then we would do that. Or they could like take me to dinner or something like that. Um, I didn't date very long in New York before, like, I, like, I got a boyfriend, but, like, the different aspects of it, and it also comes to, goes to show that, like, I, it wasn't me that was the problem, because, like, very quickly after I moved, I met people that were already of similar interest to me, and, and, like, still a lot of them weren't great, but it was a lot easier to have conversations with people because not everything was revolved around like a religion versus in Utah a lot of things are revolved around like religion it's like um everybody assumes that you're a member of the church and um and yeah there's that of it oh I did mention before that like the piercings and the hair coloring and all of that stuff was like a very big no-no and I started dyeing my hair a bunch of different colors in college um which, like, when I say a bunch of different colors, I mean, like, at one point my hair was, like, bright neon pink, 
Um, my hair was pink multiple different times, like multiple different colors of pink. It was also green, blue, um, bleach blonde, like all of these different things. And I was the standout going to church. Like I, I was wearing my tight clothes and I started getting more piercings in my ears. And I remember feeling so judged all the time. Like it was supposed to feel like this place where everybody is welcome because they want everybody to come and be a part of this. But you're only welcome if you like look like them. Like everybody bought their clothes from the same place. And I was never able to afford the clothes that like the the cutesy, not, not really. It really wasn't that cute. But like the clothes that were cute for being Mormon. I keep doing like air quotes as if anybody can see me doing them, but they can't. Um, they were like supposed to be cute for being Mormon, but they really weren't cute at all. Um, and I couldn't afford those because they were like more expensive. And so I was always wearing like outfits that I could put together to be appropriate. Um, and a lot of times it still just like wasn't up to like the standard of what you should be wearing. Um, and that was a big aspect of everything. It's like, I never had my hair dyed in California, but, um, so I don't really know how they would act if my hair was dyed, but I feel like I didn't get as many comments about like what I wore or how I dressed like to that extent. Um, I remember like wearing, I don't know, I, maybe it was just because like I was on the outs and ready to head out and was feeling so much more opposed to these things, but it definitely was more intense and it's really hard to explain how intensified it was there, like how much it's like you're put in this pressure cooker of like if you don't do everything exactly perfect then you can't be a part of it um so there's all of that parts of like the the culture and the everything like that um so yeah i mean i feel like it's really hard because obviously there's so many different points and like I said, this isn't like a Mormon podcast, so I'm only trying to like touch on the very little things and at least the things that I can recall from my memory at this very moment because I'm not going to get in depth about everything. And if people want like in depth, I said, like I said, you can go to the other podcast. But for this, I'm just trying to touch on things of the things that were really, really weird. Um, and some of them, it's hard to me to think about what is really weird because like um I just grew up with it and it felt very normal um one of the things that sometimes will still be really weird to me is just like doing stuff on a Sunday sometimes I'll have that weird thought like oh I should be doing I shouldn't be doing anything um I don't think like that as much anymore but sometimes you'll have I'll have that like random thought um I feel like the biggest thing that still gets me is like the alcohol is like I like I I pretty easily like got on to like the coffee thing because I think that it tastes good especially like if you get like fun drinks um 
And I used to have to get fun drinks in the beginning to be okay with coffee. But now I can just like drink it iced with a little bit of like oat milk. Um, and I think that not being able to drink coffee was one of the weirder things because coffee is better for you than soda and energy drinks. And so the thought that it just wasn't a thing at all and that people were going to Starbucks to like order these frappuccinos um without coffee and and then they're like starting my morning I'm like okay so that is in fact a shake you're starting your morning with a shake which is totally fine but let's not lie to ourselves about what it is and I know that if I'm getting a frappuccino it's not at all like it's it's a treat you know um and I like to get them I think they taste good but I also like to just drink iced coffee you know it's what I enjoy it's a nice thing that I like and yeah so I think being able to do that now is really big and I really enjoy sometimes just being able to go and get an iced coffee and then go on like a walk with it I feel like it's like part of like the walk or sometimes I'll use it as like a treat at the end of my walk um and I I don't do it all the time, but it is really fun to do that because it kind of just gets you up and moving and walking around, having your little cold beverage as you go on a nice walk. Um, but the alcohol thing, I don't know why there's like this mental block in my head where like if I drink like a whole thing, like a whole glass of alcohol, like like a whole glass of wine in one sitting that something really bad is going to happen there's like this thought in my head of that and it's like like <laughs> it's it's not like that for everyone and it's hard to get over that and i've been recently saying that i wanted to try different drinks but also a part of me is just really scared that like i'm only going to take like a sip and then i've wasted money on alcohol cuz it's expensive Because I've been saying that I wanted to try, like, an espresso martini because I was like, well, I like coffee. Maybe I'll like this. And it seems like it's a little sweeter. Um, So I am trying. And we will see. And we will see how I do with that and how I get there with all of those things. Um, I am glad to be out of Utah and not in the pressure cooker of it all. I... I'm trying to move further and further away from all of this stuff that had to do with Mormon culture. I want to, you know, it's never going to be fully out of my life because I grew up with it. But like I said before, I don't want to continue to do episode after episode on this because this isn't my passion to talk about. This is something that is definitely, I am very passionate about because of everything but I also just like I don't want to get too into it like um because like if I'm being completely honest I think that a lot of the things that happened were really fucked up and I think that it really screwed me over and caused me a lot of a lot of mental trauma and I don't want to use the word trauma lightly because I understand that for a lot of people that means something different and it can mean something a little more intense but as I've explained in previous episodes you know being 
raised Mormon led me to more scenarios where I was pushed into situations with with men who, you know, either attempted to rape me or did rape me. And I've explained one scenario in the past on the podcast, and I've had a lot of other scenarios where I felt pressured into things that I wasn't okay with, but, you know, just felt obligated into into doing. And a lot of that was wrapped up in the Mormon culture just because of basically being told that all of the time that these men have this certain power and that they're going to know these things better than you or they know best or that you're only the only thing good about you is being able to like have babies and be good for these men and you have to look good for these men and you, but you can't do these bad things and that's all really really fucked up and I also it hurts me so much when I see some people that I love still a part of this thing and I I want to be able to respect their boundaries and respect that this is something that they are a part of but it also really hurts when I think about how much it hurt to be raised in a certain in a certain way like this and to be spending my entire life preparing for something that I wasn't even sure that I wanted um which made me so against it for so long because I thought that that was the only thing that was like my worth or my value so if I do any more of these episodes they're going to start to get a lot more offensive and a lot more aggressive and angry because a lot of times I get really really angry and I had really angry conversations with my family um, a few months ago and although everything I said was true and that I meant it um, and that I'm never going to take it back because I still mean it and I still would say it to them again Um, I just don't want to present that anger to every single person in my life because just because you are a part of my life and a part of the church doesn't mean that you deserve this anger. I also have this really burning hate towards, you know, people who aren't as accepting towards people of the LGBTQ plus community. You know, I, you know, I, I have people in my life that are a part of it. Um, I myself am a part of it and I just don't feel like it's okay to treat people like that. Um, I also don't want questions about any of that. This isn't some big coming out or whatever. Um, I just want people to understand that this isn't just like This is coming from a place, yeah, from myself, but also from people in my life that I love and seeing all the things happening in the world right now and seeing the church okay with these things or backing them up, you know, even wanting these things to happen makes me really, really angry. You know, I think that everybody deserves to be loved. And if you are part of the Mormon religion, then that's okay. And I still truly am going to love these people in my life that are a part of it it'll hurt and I won't fully understand all the time why they can do that but to a certain extent I can understand because I was somebody who was doing this you know I had family members that were telling me that 
<clears throat> that were telling me that like they were a part of this community and everything and I I was telling them that like even though I'm a part of the church that I still love them and everything and and I meant it I truly truly meant it but I didn't understand how much I was hurting them by still going and supporting people that were against it and so um just some closing thoughts you know if you are a part of the church still or any church that is against certain things like um, women's right to bodily autonomy or LGBTQ plus rights, um, women's rights in general, rights to people's access to health care. Um, if you're a part of any organization that doesn't want those things for everybody that is against them then just you know be cautious when you're saying things in to people that you love you may be saying that you love them even though you're part of these things but just understand that it's hard to say that you it's hard for them to not only understand how you can do both but just take a step back maybe and think about you know Maybe they need some space a little bit. I'm not telling you to leave what you're a part of. Not at all. Because I was never under the impression that I was going to leave mine. And just think with some compassion that maybe you're against what they're doing and you also support them. And you just need to be okay with that. That a part of them is going to hurt every single time you talk about something like that and um this wasn't really one that I wanted to get into in this episode but um I kind of got a little bit angry and upset because like I said the longer I talk about these subjects the longer I'm gonna get more and more angry because you can look at a lot of Mormon culture and be like oh haha that's so silly when BYU people are like oh would you rather see a woman topless or hit a kid with a bus and they're like oh that's difficult that's really difficult I guess I'll just hit a kid with a bus and it's like supposed to be these things where like people started it out and these were like real questions and answers that people were giving that they would rather like kill themselves than watch porn and that's awful it's an extremely awful thing that it's being taught like not even being taught, but just the fear of the fact that they're more worried that if they watch porn, that they'll get in more hurt and pain and trouble, like this fear that's built in, than if they just, you know, like killed themselves. And I don't want anybody to think like that. I don't want anybody to think that they should have to kill themselves instead of watching porn you know try to think a little bit of these things through and try to come to a little bit of these things with some compassion and thought before getting a little bit intense with people with these things um a lot of things can turn into a heated discussion like i said before i know that leaving a religion could mean leaving everything behind and i'm not telling anybody to leave a religion because if people would have told me to leave mine i wasn't going to leave mine This isn't about convincing people. This was never about me being angry and aggressive towards anybody. This was just talking about 
the things that I went through that were a little weird, a little bit silly, and maybe messed me up a little bit. And that's what this was about. So, sorry for... No, I'm actually not sorry, but I was going to apologize for my little bit of angry outburst, but I am not sorry at all, and I think that if people have a problem with it, then they really shouldn't be listening to me because this isn't a podcast where I'm going to be clean and happy all the time. This is a podcast about real things, things that I'm angry about, things that I'm dealing with in my life, things that people in my life are dealing with, things that people in the world are dealing with. You know, it's it's going to be messy. It's going to be upsetting. It's going to be sad. People are going to cry. People are going to be happy. We're going to talk about fun things. We're going to talk about angry things. We're going to talk about sad things. We're going to talk about all kinds of different things. And so if you have a problem with that, then this is not the podcast for you. This isn't a podcast about me trying to get more and more people to um, just want to hear these things from me. This is This is about me talking about these things so that people can feel seen and heard. It isn't for necessarily like awareness. It's for people to feel like a sense of community. So with that, oh, (laughs) with that and the motorcycle, I would like to thank everybody. If you listened all the way up to this point. So Um, please follow me on my Instagram. It will be linked, or I guess I'll like put the at in the description, which is at one tired bitch podcast, but bitch doesn't have an I on Instagram. It's just B T C H. Um, I like to post stuff on there, not only about my day, but about weird things happening or my random thoughts. I also like to ask questions about episodes or do little polls and I'm getting some engagement so far, and I know that I have more listeners on here than I do followers on Instagram, so you can go follow me on there. You can also, I also, this is on Apple and Spotify for podcasts. I also would love if people put like a review. I believe I have nine reviews so far on Spotify, which is great, amazing. If you hated this podcast, go go feel free to give it a one-star review. Um, I would love to read people's comments. If you really hated this, then please leave me a really angry comment because in the end, I this is about people feeling seen and heard. And if I misrepresented people, then tell me. Tell me and then we can have a whole talk and discussion about it, even in the comments or you can DM me on Instagram and we can have a really angry discussion if I upset you. So yeah, that should be all. And this was part two. So I'll see you next week. All right, everyone. So that's the one tired bitch podcast. Not sure what I'll be tired of next week, but I'll I'll see you over there. <laughs>